The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And we really hope you've all been enjoying our glossary series. We got a lot of terms that we're going over. Some of these terms you may know, some of these terms you may not know. Just the point is to, as you know, bring everybody together so that way we're not at least arguing over some basic terminology so we can have some solid conversations on how to put AI into practice. And as you know, if for those of you that may be listening to the AI Today podcast for the first time, maybe you came over from Bill Raymond's Agile in Action podcast. Welcome to our new listeners. Uh, what we focus on is putting AI into practice. And examples of AI in practice today and what it really means to make AI work uh, today. And we really spend a lot of time with thought leaders, with other people from different industries. And for those of you that have been listening to our AI Today podcast for a while, thank you very much for being our loyal, loyal listeners. You know that we like to bring in these other perspectives, especially ones that aren't so focused maybe just on AI and data that can bring in some of these other components. And that's what we're going to be doing with you today here is bringing in some excellent guests that can that can really help us understand putting AI into practice and some of those best practices methodologies for AI project success. Exactly. So we're so excited to have with us today Bill Raymond, who is the host of the Agile in Action podcast. And as Ron mentioned, we were also a guest on his podcast. So if you've listened to that and you uh, you know, are a loyal listener of Bill, then thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll also make sure to link to that podcast in the show notes. But welcome, Bill. And we're so excited to have you on AI today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and why you started your podcast. Yeah, sure. You know, I, first of all, you have a great podcast and I really appreciate you having me on here. I was listening before you reached out to me. So I really enjoy your podcast and the content you provide. I've been working in the project management business for about 25 years, and I have worked on some very large projects, large capital projects. And I've also moved over to software development along the way. And one of the things that I learned is when you're working on really large capital projects, uh, it's, it's what we call predictive projects, which means that you can define what you need to do. And there might be some changes along the way, but we know what needs to happen and we're not really inventing anything. They might be complex in terms of how costly they are, but they're not that complex in terms of it has been done before. We we kind of know what to do. Think about building a house. 
think about building a road. Um, there's a lot of politics involved, but the actual doing of the work can be planned out fairly well. But when you move into software development, that's a different area. And software development has its own challenges because people that bring on software developers, they need to get started. And when you don't know what the end product is going to look like because it's very complex, you may not know what you're going to get at the end. But we always try to define it up at the beginning. And it never works. We've all worked on those projects. And I think we're going to be talking about this a lot today. When we work on a complex project where we just have an idea, but we've never built it before, there's a lot of complexity there. And we may end up delivering something that looks very different than when we originally planned out for. And that's what Agile is about. So we actually have this series that we just started in January 2023 here, and it's about predictive versus adaptive management of work efforts. And so predictive means that you plan everything up front, maybe spend months creating a scope statement and a plan. And then we have adaptive, where we iteratively develop whatever it is that we're working on. And I'm excited about all of this these approaches that we use in software development. And I started to realize there's no reason for why other organizations can't use these approaches. Because if we think about projects, those could be adaptive. We can iteratively implement something, start to see the value more quickly. But also we can start thinking about how we change our organization, remove some of the top-down structures, telling teams what to do, instead asking teams what can you accomplish based on these objectives? We could start thinking about how we fund efforts differently by creating a uh, funding for value and as opposed to funding for an annual fund for a set of projects that we set in January and will spend through uh, December. And these are the things that Agile bring. It's not just about projects and project management. It's about how we can change our organization to be more flexible, to support our teams, to provide psychological safety for those teams so they can work at their highest level. And also just thinking about how we might have so much red tape, so much so much work that needs to happen in an organization uh, that is just because someone said we had to do it that way. Maybe you need to start thinking about leaning out some of those things and an organization that continuously changes and start and thinks about how they can remove roadblocks to allow the teams to be more successful. That's really what Agile is. So I created the Agile podcast to share all of that. I started in 2020. We had about 350 guests at the time. And now here we are in 2023, starting off the new year with over 16,000 listeners. Excellent. Well, hey, Podcaster to podcaster, you're doing great <laughs> because well, you. Uh, you know it's it's it takes we know what it takes to keep a podcast going and growing and getting listeners and getting guests. So so you're doing great and crossing the ten thousand downloads mark. So thanks, thank goodness you did that. That's fantastic. You're doing you're already doing better than like I was like like I forget the number of, of podcasts. But I think our listeners don't want to hear about podcaster to podcaster talk. Let's get into this project management stuff. 
And I think this is interesting, as our listeners who have been listening to us for a while may know that that's usually what trips up AI projects is not bad technology, because there's a lot of great technology out there, honestly, by a lot of great you know researchers and developers and big tech companies that kind of know what they're doing. I mean, it's kind of hard to say Amazon, Google, Microsoft, those folks are producing technology that doesn't work. It's they're using it for themselves. It clearly works. So, so if the technology is good and maybe the people are very highly skilled, you're getting some very expensive data scientist or perhaps a PhD student, you can't say that they don't know what they're doing. Why are these AI projects failing? And usually it comes down to project management, not doing the right things and do not doing the right order, missing things, running into these road ma- uh, roadblocks, right? And a lot of what you mentioned about project management, this is a block in tackling that people have been doing not in the AI world or or just in general uh, for, for, for centuries, decades. I don't know. <laughs> project management goes back a long time, maybe to the pyramids. I don't know. It goes back a long, long time, right? Um, so, so it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about how project management is evolving and the role of Agile, especially as we start moving into these more complex projects that are not just about building some piece of functionality, but building things that are just constantly changing, that are so data dependent, which is what AI systems are. And I want to note that you, and this is something that actually threw us for a loop because we are not project management people. We are AI and data people. And the term predictive from an AI and data perspective actually means the opposite of what it might mean in project management world. And AI and data predictive are models that we create that allow us to predict the future. We create something to say, predict for me what the class might be or what the value might be or something. And it's supposed to continuously respond to change. That's what predictive analytics is, for example, right? But in the project management world, the world, the word predictive is meant as in you must predict in advance. It's sort of more like maybe if I could have suggested the project management world just to take the letters IVE out of predictive and put the letters ED instead at the end to say predicted, uh, <laughs> might be a little bit easier to get these two worlds of project management and AI to talk to each other. But I just said a lot. So I really want to focus on you. You know, how do you see this area of project management evolving and the role of Agile in the context of everything we just were talking about? Yeah, I think what's interesting when we talk about Agile projects, sometimes the word project is it doesn't belong. As a matter of fact, we like to think in terms of product. We like to think in terms of an iterative solution that you continuously work on. So for example, if you wanted to create, I think we kept we keep using the example of AI chatbots, you know, where you where you create this this system that can answer questions, right? If you want this system to be good, you need to keep feeding it data. You need to keep improving its technology. You need to keep improving upon how you deliver more value to the customers that are using a chatbot. And so I don't think of a lot of these things as projects because the definition of a project is it's a scope of work that has a beginning and an end. I think what I'm seeing in the marketplace when we're talking about project management is that we keep trying to do this. Let's scope it out. Now let's do the scope. 
and let's bring in all of these resources. And there's sort of an, a team that does the work. And then at some point they throw it over the fence for someone else to manage and maintain. In Agile, we say, here is the team that will be doing this work with all of the skill sets necessary to do that work. And they learn and innovate regularly and continuously. And they don't just walk away when it's done. Now, of course, people might change their jobs and things like that and, you know, get promoted and things like that. Of course, that happens in, in real life. But the concept is that they're always there. This is why companies that keep doing that are successful, right? So we keep using Google because they keep adding more features, you know, and those features keep advancing and they get better over time. Sometimes we don't even notice them, but maybe we got an answer to a question a little bit faster. So I try not to think so much about it being some sort of a set project. Now, in terms of AI, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I also like listening to some of your pod projects that some of your podcasts, sorry, that talk about failure. Because when we talk about failure, I always hear you all, and I have re read some some research, quite a bit of research on this. Uh, I think AI is a super interesting field and one that us in the project management and agile world should be very aware of. The, it looks like and sounds like data is a problem. It sounds like there's challenges with kind of understanding how AI needs to read information so that it can then provide value with its output, whatever that might be. So I think if I were to take a agile look at this. I wouldn't start up a project that says, hey, let's do this AI thing. I might set up a small innovation lab within my department and have that innovation lab be a small group of people that are taking their time out of their day that work in that division, that department, and start thinking about what those different AI technologies are. And then start thinking about where you could start to add value, start brainstorming ideas where we can add value to the organization. And I have some examples that I could share with you on that. But then after that innovation lab starts thinking about, oh, you need this kind of data and data needs to be formatted this way. We have these major problems here in order to accomplish that. Then you can start saying, oh, okay, well, here's something that we could do with AI that would be a good value-add project or effort or product that we can then tap into because we know we have good data there. We know we have strong team members that understand that information. And then you can start doing a small iterative effort to try it out. And I, and I think that's what happened a long time ago when we started doing these ERP systems. Remember all of a sudden everyone, every company needed SAP or Oracle uh, and PeopleSoft and they're huge enterprise level systems that we had to implement. They took five and six years. And even today, we still have people iterating and furthering those solutions, but it took so long and took so many people that a lot of them were complete failures. They'd throw out these multi-million dollar systems. But the ones that did it right, uh, they created these innovation labs. They created a small team of people 
that tried to figure out how they were going to do the change in order to enable these ERP systems. Maybe that's something that's missing. I'm not sure. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this innovation lab concept. Yeah. I mean, you have said so much. There's a lot to digest in that. Um, You know, you talked about data, you talked about project failures and that, you know, I like that you brought that up because that is why we wanted to share this. Learn from others, right? Don't make the same mistakes. And then as far as AI projects go, um, you know, figuring out scope, when you talk about projects in general, we always say, our listeners know we're big advocates of CPMAI methodology, the cognitive project management for AI. Phase one, business understanding, you're supposed to figure out what parts of your project, you know, require AI and which ones don't. Because we understand, you know, if you're building an AI-enabled chatbot, that's not, a, you know, this AI solution. We use AI as a tool to to get there. And it's just part of what you need, not all of what you need. So when you're figuring that out as well, it really helps you understand what exactly it is, you know, that you're trying to achieve. We know that a lot of our listeners, a lot of people that we've interviewed, um, and a lot of people that have been on either our enterprise data and AI event series or AI and government event series, talk about this center of excellence and they build it up. You know, you start small, maybe try and get different perspectives and different people from different groups in the organization that might not typically interact and collaborate. So you can bring everybody together and really figure out, you know, how best to move forward these, uh, you know, areas of innovation rather than it be small little pockets that are kind of disparate and, you know, really on the fringe, not talking to other groups. How can we kind of centralize that? Yeah. And I would also say that there's two concepts that I think a lot of organizations think of. One is a center of excellence, as you mentioned, where very often that turns into a corporate thing where they kind of come up with standards and practices and then tell everyone, we're pushing it down into the organization saying, you know, here, here is what we have decided is best. You can modify it if you want a little bit, but you know, here's, here's our auditable process that we're going to hold you accountable to. And for me, those can be very successful when you have an organization that has to deliver for, for example, very often you'll see this in, in the government sector or organizations that are helping with large federal projects, for example. You want that center of excellence because you're going to be held accountable to and auditable for anything that you do. However, the center of excellence isn't always about innovation so much as they are setting standards. So from an innovation lab perspective, I would say, you know, the 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 whole thing with agile is we want to as least top down as possible. And so that innovation lab might sit, for example, in a finance department because we have some effort where we are seeing a lot more social engineering and attacks on your financial system. Maybe you're trying to create something akin to a uh, you know, virus protection software, but for your financial records and your invoices and make sure that the people that are billing you are who they say they are and things like that. That could be a very good AI-enabled approach to doing something like that. But you want the innovation lab as close to the people doing the work as possible. And those folks can say, well, we have this problem of all these invoices 
that we believe may be fraudulent, but we don't know how to tag those as fraudulent and tag the other ones as good. And from what I understand from AI, that tagging process, which isn't just a simple, you know, typing a word or something or clicking a checkbox, but that tagging process is something that you probably do not have right now. And the way you collect and share that data with the AI system to learn it might be not the way you would think normally as a human being, how you do that. And so these innovation labs would start sit down and think, okay, if our problem is fraudulent invoices, what are some of the different technologies and systems and tools that we can use that are AI enabled to do that? And then they can pluck out the good ones that are easier to do. And then you can start advancing those and doing more complex ones. But also you're budgeting for those based on the value you think that they can deliver. You're not saying this is a three month project and we need a million dollars. What you're saying is we believe that we can get the most value out of this particular effort and let's start funding the portions of these things that we're doing. And if we're finding that it's going to take too much time, it's too complex, then we can rethink things and we might need to rebudget again. So we're trying to be adaptive in the way that we're doing this so that we can continuously think about how we're going to deliver this AI solution without some time box that we're, you know, there's some clock ticking down telling us that we're we're not done in three months. Oh no, we're, you know, this this project is, is, is a failure because we're not treating it as a project. We're treating it as something that's an idea and we're trying to get value out of it. Yeah, that's really interesting you mentioned that because I think the evolution of how organizations are hopefully thinking about their data and their data organization is changing because you don't think of sales as a project. Okay, guys, we got we do a sales project. Yeah, three months. After that, we'll be done with sales. That's a ridiculous thing to say because that means, well, I guess you won't be selling after three months, right? No, you think of it as like sales as a function of the business. You might have individual things you do within sales, different sales campaigns and this and that. But the function of the of sales is a function of the business. And that's the same thing we tell people with data. It's like, guys, data is a function of the business, not a project. It's like, you know, serving your customers, you know, handling your various operational tasks with data is not a one-time thing. Kathleen always likes to say it's never a set and forget it thing. And we have to keep saying it because I guess it still <laughs> deserves to be said. It's sad that it deserves to be said. But you're absolutely right. And I like the terminology that you're using. I actually introduced some new ones for us here, this idea of the innovation lab. People like being part of something like a data innovation lab. And maybe they resist a little bit the idea of a center of excellence, because if they're not inside the center, they're outside the center. And I guess maybe they don't like the idea of something being centralized and they're not part of that group. So, you know, it becomes a them versus us thing, perhaps, maybe, maybe. But but in a lab is sort of this collaborative environment, maybe collab or something. So this is really cool. It's really very interesting. I think you know for our listeners, especially, we've been talking a lot about you know bringing in this knowledge because a lot of it is just learning how to do things. And you might have heard on a lot of our podcasts, we've talked about our CPMAI methodology, which is a method for doing AI projects right, uh, done by thousands who are pursuing it. But for those who are maybe not be ready for a methodology, you're still trying to learn the fundamentals. You know, we are finding that, you know, 
I think people need to understand big data fundamentals, even though it's not about AI, fundamentals of big data. Or maybe you're a manager and you need some basic data skills, like what is analytics? What is big data, right? I think we're starting to fail to be surprised now that people don't have those basic terms. So for our listeners, I'd like you to know that if you now go to Cognolytica.com, if you go to AIToday.live, which points there as well, you will now see we have some general foundational education available. Big data fundamentals, data skills for managers, and then we have this thing from moving from traditional forms of analytics to modern forms of analytics. And they're more for those who need that foundation. We've priced it appropriately for those as well. But go there. I really encourage you to do that to get some of that basic listening, learning. But many of you probably also need some basic learning on Agile. And I think one of the good places to go is, of course, to listen to podcasts like Agile in Action, the podcast. And of course, listen to those resources because those people may need some fundamental Uh, education on that. And I think maybe this kind of leads me into the uh, next question here, which is like, you know, what is really the best way to introduce project management and project management approaches and methodologies and processes to technologists who love to build things, um, who feel like they maybe don't need to learn a method or an approach that they'll just wing it or whatever, (laughs) whatever approach they're doing now. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. You know, very often when we talk about agile and agility and we talk about products versus projects, it might feel like there's some sort of a clash between project management and agile. And that that can't be further from the from the truth. I think that the way that we I like to this is my perspective if a project is very complex and we do not have the answers and we don't know what we might have at the end because we've never worked with a technology, uh, we've never built that thing before, whatever it is, then taking an agile approach is probably the best approach, which is to form small teams that iteratively over the course of maybe one to four weeks, not more than four weeks, teams that are not more than 12 people working together. And they're all there delivering during these iterations or what we call sprints. And we can sit back and look at how we did every two weeks, sit back and say, what are we missing? Sit back and say, hey, it seemed like we're taking this approach. We found a better approach and you can change. And you're not as reliant on other people to say, well, we can't say this is done because there's some other team over there that also has to do their work. The idea is that you're putting everyone that's responsible into a single team. Not that you can't have multiple teams, but they have their specific responsibilities. And that allows them to drive uh, innovation a lot faster. So you'll hear people refer to that kind of approach as scrum Uh, You'll hear it referred to as any number of different frameworks, but the concept there is that you're doing this iteratively. Now, you're asking me about how you bring project management into this. And I said that they should not be clashing. They, They should actually live together. And here's where project management comes in, in my mind. This is where you have to set up some standards for how you deliver. So I think... 
Uh, Ka- Kathleen, you mentioned that at the beginning, you have to sort of define the scope of the data and things like that. I don't remember exactly the, the term, but there was some scope development there. That's where project management comes in really handy because in the project management world, we know how to put scope around things. But we don't want to do is allow those agile teams, if they're involved, to uh, be constrained because they are open to change at any time. And we have to enable that. So when we're embracing project management, what we're usually doing is embracing project management when we know what has to happen and we know that we can time box that solution. So imagine a, a situation where you've never done an AI project before. None of your team knows what AI is. Maybe you brought in some consultants that do, but you have to learn this and understand the system. You can't just say, oh, here, consultants, build me some solution that's a black box and I can't see inside of it, right? It's opaque. It's it, I can't, I don't know how it works. We always have to call someone back. Everyone in the team should understand and know how that system works and be able to grow and improve it over time. Now, let's say that we did build that thing and now we know the system really well and we can say, oh yeah, this uh, my example of the, uh, the the invoice tracking system, for example. All right, we want to add on this other component. And this other AI is going to look for things that look like fake addresses or fake names or something like that. And we know how to do that now because it's something that we've been working on for the last year. Now we can bring on project management and say, yeah, this is going to take four months. It's going to cost half a million dollars. Here are the people that you need. Go do that thing. Now they can work in an agile way if they want, but you can bring in the project management, scoping, defining, creating what we call a Gantt chart or a schedule of some sort that defines everything that needs to be done, and uh, and a, and a, and everyone and everyone kind of already knows what to do. So project management, in my mind, uh, gets introduced after you've done the work of figuring out what are the innovative technologies you're going to use, figuring out how we're going to do it, and seeing what it takes in your organization to accomplish these things. Then project management can come in and say, all right, we've got these additional scopes of work that we need to do. Here's how we can bring that in. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because we're seeing these areas of agile and AI intersecting mm-hmm. from a you know variety of different ways. And maybe specifically, how do you see artificial intelligence within the project management space? I know that this has been talked about by project managers on other podcast swaps that we've had with project managers. And they take this from a few different perspectives. So sometimes they take it from, you know, how is how is artificial intelligence tools going to be used for my job? But then, you know, how is art, how also do I think about project management for AI? Because it's different. We always say it's different than software application development projects. And so how do you think about managing AI projects? So I'll let you take that, you know, from either or both perspectives with how you see artificial intelligence within the project management space. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I, I think that these last few months we're recording in the end of January of 2023, we all, the world just got introduced to generative AI uh, with, with images, with DALI and some other technologies, uh, stable diffusion. And we also saw 
chat GPT. And what it's done is it's sort of, we've, we've, we all see now what some of that potential is that's available. AI has been around us for a long time, but maybe we didn't see it in such a visceral way, especially when you can chat with something and it kind of converses with you and you can talk about any topic that you want in any way that you want. And it seems to be able to respond. This starts to open your eyes to all sorts of possibilities. And it starts to make you wonder, how could this improve our business? And it may not be creating a chatbot, but it does, op it, it does open your eyes to it. So I think that if I'm coming from a traditional, I say traditional, from a, from a pure project management background, meaning that I subscribe to the Project Management Institute's PMI's Project Management Body of Knowledge, or what we call the PMBOK, you know, certainly as a project manager, this is an exciting space, so I want to get into it. So I would start taking a lot of courses to learn about how to work with AI, learn and understand machine learning. And I'm not saying sit down necessarily and figure out how to program it, but I think it's important to understand what those technology areas are. Uh, very often, especially when we're in the technology space, project managers are almost ubiquitous in the IT area of a business, right? They are, there, there are project managers that say, oh, we need a whole bunch of new servers. Yep, we've got a project manager that handles that. Oh, we need to install this new out-of-the-box software. Got a project manager to handle that one. And there's project managers that understand their processes and things like that. AI is different. You're not just building a database. You're thinking about how that database contains the information to support the artificial intelligence. And you may only know certain databases in the company. Well, maybe that database that you're building needs to have a lot more interaction or uh if you will, connectivity to the other databases so that AI can get a full picture of the data that you have. And so now you have to start thinking outside the box, if you will, of the typical work that you do. So I would suggest that any project managers not only learn and understand AI, but start getting involved in some small directed efforts that use AI so you can start to understand how your organization is going to absorb it. I think it's interesting. We always talk about doing a project, but we also have to remember there's a culture in our organization. Some organizational cultures say, you know, everything's self-contained. Everyone owns their own little thing. You know, thou shalt not, you know, go outside of those borders. And then other organizations are wide open and they say, yeah, if you need to connect these things, go for it. Uh, you need to think as a project manager, what your organizational culture is and think about how that's going to impact any kind of AI efforts that you might take on. So get ahead of the curve is the first thing I'd suggest. And secondly, as I was mentioning, for example, with the innovation labs or, or with uh, these complex AI projects that you may never have done before, try to take a less strict top-down planning approach and start to take a more a curiosity-based approach where you can be adaptive and think about how you're going to de deliver these efforts. But for sure, I think that will will happen with these efforts because we are still fairly new and especially on the enterprise side, we're kind of new on what's available. So I do think that that 
starting with, we always call them pilot projects, but starting with something simple so that you can all start to learn how that works. Uh, that's going to be the, that's going to be the most important part. Yeah. Those are some great insights. You know, we always talk about that too. Like just learn, educate yourself, make sure you're understanding what AI can and cannot do its limitations, what it's good at, how it can best help you, your organization, how it can help you do your role better. We talk about augmented intelligence a lot. So how it's helping humans do their job better rather than replacing them. And I think that that comes into play here. You know, how will this be used to augment what a project manager does? I think a lot a lot of project managers are spread very thin. They're managing multiple projects at once. You know, how how can you best use technology to help with different things, scheduling, for example, or other tasks that really would be good to delegate to these types of systems so the humans can uh, be freed up to do these higher value tasks. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have we have AI tools and, and analytics tools in the project management space that can even look at really large projects and help you understand how you can improve them. You know, that's something I would start off right away with project management and start looking into what those types of capabilities are. Because if it can help you with your own business, and help you, then you're better off because you're going to start to understand how these things work. I think no matter whether you're, and you can tell me if I'm way off on this because I am not an AI expert, but I tend to look at these things as once you start to work with these tools to do one thing, you start to get a natural sense as to what you're going to do on the next one, even if it's using a different technology. That's right. And I think one of the things that we really like is learning from others too. So yes, you can certainly learn this yourself, but it's kind of funny, especially now that things like chat GPT and other generative technologies are out there. There are actually people building these guidebooks and things. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I could, I could do these things. And you may never have figured it out. And that's a very narrow thing, just the chat GPT, but that applies to every single area of AI. Oh, I didn't know that I could do that with predictive analytics. Oh, I didn't know that I could do that with pattern and anomaly detection. And oh, wow, I didn't realize I can do that with a recognition system. That's <laughs> that's why having this community of sharing data innovation labs perhaps maybe become more common within uh, Fortune 1000 uh, or any organization or just communities in general, you know, being part of these communities and learning from others. Um, you're right. This is an opportunity to to learn best practices. And it, it is. It's a tool that uh, AI is a tool and, and learning how to apply it will achieve really positive results. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So this has been such a wonderful podcast. We always love to have guests on so we can get different perspectives. And whenever we have a guest, we always like to uh, end our podcast with the same question, because no matter how many times we've asked it, we always get a different response. And I always look forward to, uh, you know, kind of hear how the guests take this question and run with it. So what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? Well, I, I think that what we're seeing here is that AI can be used for good, but how are we using it? How, where's the data coming from? And so I think that if I look at how it's going to improve things, you know, we talked about how AI could maybe write your 
essay for school. Well, maybe that's actually useful, but you do have to add your own perspective as well. Uh, you know, I was talking to my cousin who's a doctor and she was talking about how she had to do a study and she didn't know all of the steps to put a study together. And so she told me the study that she did and all the work she did to prepare it. And I said, well, let me just type that into chat GPT. And what it did is it came back and said, here's a structure you could follow to do the study. Amazing. She spent months figuring that out and it gave her a good framework to start with if you, if she had that today. That's really cool stuff. But where is this coming from? So I think that all the promise that AI has, one of the things that we have to start thinking about is rights. Who created the content before this system came online? Who created those images that can now create, where the AI can create new images? So I think that we're going to start seeing a lot more around regulation for public-facing AI systems. And we're, have, we're going to have to start thinking about ethical AI in terms of not just inclusivity and diversity, but we're also going to have to start thinking about it in terms of the data that we're using. And I'm not sure where that's going to go yet, but I'm very excited about the technology. I, I, I've been working with it quite a bit, and, I, I, and that's why I listen to your podcast. But I do worry that we aren't necessarily thinking about the ramifications of the data that we're using and how that could affect other individuals. So I have this sort of uh, very positive outlook, but also we need to think we, we need to start thinking that through as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fortunately for our listeners, we have a whole ethical AI series, just mm -hmm. like uh, uh, Bill is mentioning here. We have a failure series. We have our glossary series. We got lots of series. We have an all ethics series. And, and actually that ended up turning into a more uh, formative class. Uh, people were really wanted uh, instruction, not just in the topics, but how do you deal with these particular things? And back in 2019 or 2020, we, we put together an ethical AI framework, which is when you're doing AI projects, how do you make sure that you are not either advertently or inadvertently uh, creating and causing these problems? And it turns out that a lot of the things you mentioned are at different levels. We have some do no harm style, high level, you know, societal ethical stuff. But what you're talking about is more like responsible use, like plagiarism and privacy and theft and you know, <laughs> how do we deal with that? Fortunately, we got it all covered. So this is actually one of our newer courses. So for those who are listening, uh, you can go to uh, AIToday.live or Cognolitica.com. Look for our ethical AI framework, and it'll help you build one for yourself. It includes a uh, template and all the things that you need to do for your organization. Because you don't want to be on, you don't want to be doing stuff and spending all these this time and money and then realize that it might get shut down. That's like the last thing you want. That's actually happening right now to a couple of news organizations <laughs> that are using ChatGPT to write their articles, not realizing that it's actually more of a collage of other content that already exists, not like new stuff generated from scratch. So anyway, uh, this was fantastic. You know, uh, these topics, if you like hearing about 
project management and agile. We really encourage you to listen to Bill Raymond's Agile on Action podcast. Uh, that's really, uh, you know, we've been listening to it as well. We need an education. We need more of an education on project management and agile. I'm really interested in some of these capital projects you talk about. We'll have to talk offline and some of the things you're doing there. It sounds really exciting. Um, and, but I really wanted to thank you. I think our guests have really val- gotten a lot of value out of hearing from you. So I wanted to thank you so much for being on our AI Today podcast and sharing your insights with our audience. And as mentioned, we're going to include in our show notes our interview on your podcast so those folks can listen. And we'll share our, this podcast link as well with your audience so that they can listen to you here. So just wanted to give you a big thank you for being part of our community. Yeah, and and thank you. I just wanted to say one thing about the Agile in Action podcast. We are very active on LinkedIn. Mm. People go to agileinaction.com, uh, but actually they use our LinkedIn page. So you might want to look that up there as well. But I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I, I had a great time talking about this topic. Awesome. Yeah, we did too. And if you send us that link, the LinkedIn link, will absolutely add that in our show notes as well. We will do. So listeners, we'd like to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any uh, you know concepts, other podcasts that we talked about in the show notes, as we had mentioned. And make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you have not already done so, so you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners. To expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need, check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.